0: This is Inside Indiana Business Radio for the afternoon of Monday, January 22nd, 2024. I'm Kate Sharon. Government officials, university administrators, military officers, and industry leaders celebrated Chicago-based Enhanced Semiconductor's completion of the first phase of its Westgate-1 project. Each of those stakeholders had a hand in bringing the microelectronics company to Indiana and building the industry in the state, something they say is the economy of the future. President Bob Patty.
1: This next generation with chiplets, the additive manufacturing, the advanced packaging we do, is going to bring back a new renaissance, a new golden era of semiconductor startups.
0: Through its location at Crane, Patty said it positions the company to bring industry leading semiconductors to the defense industry. It also allows for greater industry collaboration in an area he believes will become the Silicon Valley of semiconductors. The facility will eventually employ over 500 people by 2028, and the first phase will result in about 100 workers being hired. Around Indiana, many organizations that rely on philanthropic dollars to operate are taking steps to connect with donors in a more meaningful way than the traditional campaign kickoffs, cold calls, and mass mailings. The strategy seems to be paying off. Last year, universities, hospitals, museums, theaters, dance companies, and other not-for-profits in Indiana pulled in a total of $348.7 million from 79 gifts of $1 million or more from individuals, family foundations, and bequests, according to IBJ's latest survey. That's a 45% increase from 2022, when organizations pulled in $241 million from 54 large givers. The survey does not include gifts from corporations, large foundations, or government agencies. A Midwest-coordinated home care and home health services provider has acquired Michiana Home Care, which operates as a home health agency in northern Indiana. Financial terms for the acquisition by Purpose Care are not being disclosed. Michiana Home Care, which has locations in Granger as well as Niles, Michigan, provides a variety of medical services, including physical, occupational, and speech therapy, skilled nursing, and wound care. Purpose Care was founded in 2021 and operates home care and home health services in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio. In Indiana, Purpose Care employs about 1,100 people at its locations in Anderson, Fort Wayne, Jeffersonville, Indianapolis, Kokomo, and Lafayette, in addition to the Michiana Home Care team. From the number one source for Indiana Business News, this is Inside Indiana Business Radio.
1: Looking for a great way to tip off the 2024 NBA All-Star Weekend in Indy? I'm Gary Dick, inviting you to join business and community leaders from throughout the state at the Economic Club of Indiana Luncheon, sponsored by IBJ Media. It's February 15th at noon at the Indiana Convention Center. I'll be interviewing NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, giving you an inside look at the league and all things All-Star Weekend. Reserve your ticket or table for right now at Economic Club of Indiana.
0: As Hoosier communities tally up ever-rising property values, they're increasingly eligible to ask the state to double-check their predetermined tax limits. And they're taking advantage, citing growing funding pressures on the services they provide. IIB's Alex Brown has more. Indiana
1: restricts how much money local units of government can collect in property taxes. The Indiana Department of Local Government Finance calculates a maximum levy for every unit annually, and units set property tax rates that they think will come in under their maximums. But they also have an out, a list of reasons they can use to appeal. That includes annexation, consolidation, error correction, emergency, service extension, shortfall, and three-year assessed value growth above a minimum. Dozens of local taxing units, from libraries and townships to cities and counties, submitted 95 requests to review their maximum levies last year. About 80% were based on a three-year growth in assessed value. The number of petitions was up 11 from 2022 and was more than three times the number of requests made in 2019. The department approved maximum levy boosts worth $40 million across 84 partially or fully granted requests. That means taxpayers in those areas are on the hook for more. The agency did Denied an additional 11 appeals worth $10 million, but even those who failed say they'll try again. Alex Brown, Inside Indiana Business, Radio.
0: CDFI Friendly Bloomington, a not-for-profit organization that helps provide financial support to low-income communities and organizations that lack access to traditional financing, has named a new executive director. John Zodi was most recently the Director of Housing and Neighborhood Development for the City of Bloomington. He begins his new role at CDFI on January 16th. Since its 2019 inception, CDFI-friendly Bloomington has attracted nearly $26 million in capital investment from nine partnering CDFIs, with a total of $58 million in investment for affiliated regional projects. Projects have included 357 units of affordable housing, a pandemic relief loan fund, small business assistance, and access to funding to install green infrastructure. The Indiana State Department of Agriculture and the U.S. Department of Agriculture are partnering to provide more than $6.7 million in grant funding for projects designed to, quote, build resilience across the middle of the supply chain. The agreement is part of the USDA's Resilient Food Systems Infrastructure Program, which aims to increase distribution, aggregation, storage capacity, and facility updates and expansions in the food supply chain. Indiana businesses and producers that work in the middle of the food chain sector, which is defined as between the farm gate and the end retail market or in the processing and distribution sector, are eligible for grant funding. Evansville Regional Economic Partnership CEO and former Evansville Mayor Lloyd Winnecke says officials in the past didn't know how to fully take advantage of the riverfront in southwest Indiana. Winnecke said a public input process on future riverfront development is wrapping up. ERAP is a key player in the process along the Ohio River, with major developments that have been talked about for a long time. University of Indianapolis President Tanusha Singh is this week's guest on the Business and Beyond podcast with Gary Dick, presented by PNC, a weekly conversation with high-profile Hoosiers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. Available now from your favorite podcast provider. I'm Kate Sharon for Inside Indiana Business, radio on demand.